Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. You're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making, this, this happens to Bobby all the time, the specialty cocktail that Josh is making we're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be, su- there's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store, but we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash, because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drive it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I just have something to say, Lindsay. What? Women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. What are you playing? Is that Searsha? <laughs> yes. But what, what's the point of the Oh, the Little Women trailer? Yeah. It's funny because I heard that. I was like, is that Lady Bird? Why is he playing from Lady Bird? <laughs> Because that would be in Lady Bird. Is that an Irish girl doing a pretty decent American accent? Again? Uh, it, t- can I be frank here? Even if she's doing an American accent, when I hear her voice, it's doing an Irish accent. <laughs> your brain your brain just changes it. I know. It's true. I thought we were going to save Little Women for the main episode. That's fine. We can talk about it. I don't care. I know this is kind of off, off topic because it's not really hooey. So maybe it could be like a Patreon thing. But... I just want to hear Lindsay talk about the Little Women trailer. Okay, crunch crunch. Where women? Where women? Wait, that's Scottish. Wait, that's nothing. I don't know what that is. I, I feel like me Australian. doing bad accents is canon now. I guess, but like, I just love that you did. Beth, you doing you got to know where, <laughs> where women and we're capable of anything. No, that's Scottish. That's very bad. <laughs> At least, at least we don't have Emma Watson doing her not. Oh, we do. She's doing an English we accent. Do. No, she's doing American. Amer- I mean, American. Oh, she's They're so Amer- bad Lindsay, at accents. You, you're the one. You're the little women head. 
I know, They're but I American. forgot. I forgot Emma Watson is not American. <laughs> well, like very few of the little American women are American. I uh, Greta Gerwig was like, I'm gonna have to go across the pond because the pool is pretty shallow here. To be fair, British and Irish people are better at period dramas. Like they just are. They're mm-hmm. just better than us at that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're like they're used to it. We're you know we don't even want to do that shit anymore. Like we're you know so they have to go to you know the better. It's just bizarre because like in my head I think of Gwyneth Paltrow iconically being an American person who like cannot stop like compulsively doing yes. British period films yes. in her youth. Yes, that's the but opposite. That was, a, that was an exception. I she guess she was good was at a it? British. She I think she I think someone told her you know you know when you're someone tells you like gives you a compliment on something and you go in you go deep. You're like, yeah, that's my thing, baby. <laughs> I feel like so many of us can trace our careers, like our career path, based on like a single compliment that we got when we were impressionable. Like Whether some you are... drunk girl at a party being like, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, um, yeah, yeah bitch, like... I'm a comedian. <laughs> but it's like impressionable just, impressionable just because you're like an adolescent and like yes, yes, that's yes. the time. Or yeah. because you are like vulnerable in your 20s, you know? like yeah. yeah always vulnerable in my 20s but it's yes. like vo- like just a moment where someone was like yes this is a, you're a good writer yeah you're so i think well my point of that was that somebody told gwyneth paltrow you're good at an english accent she was like i am i am i am i am and then like and it was role. probably her like sneaking into a, like a bar when she was 18 or something and she was like <laughs> i left my passport at the hotel <laughs> and someone was like like one of her friends believed her you're good at that you're so good at that that's definitely what happened well I miss home already. So many wonderful memories of England, the smell of sweet meats and scones on St. Crispin's Day. Excuse me, Gwyneth, aren't you from New York? Pardon? Well, I read in People magazine that you grew up in New York City and your mom is Blythe Danner and your dad produced St. Elsewhere. I simply don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Would you like some tea, love? What about Little Women? What about Little Women? You're excited. The trailer's good. It's so good. I'm so I'm relieved. I'm also relieved. It uh, there was a was it a I think it was a David Sims of blank check fame. David Sims tweet that was like, "How does this look even better than I expected?" It's a great trailer. It looks so good. Trailers are usually quite good. It looks very good. The casting Mm -hmm. was on point. We always knew. The only person whose skills I Mm, I suspect Question. might not be up to par in my mind is Timothy Chalamet who gives a limp performance. I mean, Beth is barely in it, but then again, she does die. So it's like maybe they're just not playing that up right now. And I can't tell whether that actress is going to do something. But who is uh, Beth? Eliza Scanlon? Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. And it also feels like the trailer is wrapped around like the Joe feminist angle versus the they're all very affected by Beth's death, which is like actually the real kind of heart of the story is that in a way. Maybe Greta was like, I'm not going to kill her. Oh my, that would be... It's Greta's story. That would really be blasphemous. (laughs) That would be insane. (laughs) It's Greta's story to tell. Especially now that the women is in the public domain. It's in the public domain. You can do whatever you want to it. The reason my Alcott's ghost is like, if you don't kill Beth. I mean, real (laughs) Beth died too. You got to kill Beth. If you don't kill Beth, I'm going to kill you. That's Louisa May Alcott. Also, if you don't kill Beth, that poor actress gets nothing to chew on. Because Beth is like... That's her thing well, maybe that she's she does. Like, uh, uh, maybe she's like dying of her thing. Uh, and then there's like a cure. Maybe she And then has, all the little women move on. Maybe she's faking it because nobody will pay attention to her. She's like, you know, trying to get Oh, attention. she's ladybirding. She, she's like, I'm sick. And everyone's like, Beth, stop. 
that's actually a good um that's a good Greta Gerwig angle well that's uh Kiara Teeks Women a play that she wrote based off Girls and Little Women which is an amazing play it has elements of that where people are like Beth stop Beth stop oh yeah I remember women (laughs) yeah so good um Little Women trailer looks amazing I love that it is like authentic it's not like going too many places yet. It's not like copelying. It's not trying to like tweeify something and like stylize I something. I think she'll take liberties in the details. And that's like what you want from a period piece. That is like a really beloved story. That's coming out honestly, on Christmas. You know, it's a, it's meant to be heavy handed. And honestly, if she does alter the focus to like a mostly Joe story, that's interesting. Like it's interesting without changing like the heart of Little Women. I guess I think that she could keep it very centered around the family, but lean in on Joe's like feminist angle, which is which is a big deal, but could really be brought out by like a tomboy performance. <laughs> like a true, And also, like you yeah. said, we're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of Sirsha in the trailer because Sirsha is the biggest right. name of the women. Right. So, so of the, course, they're going right. to skew it on Joe. Right. So the trailer could just be... Maybe Emma like Watson bloop, is the like real a, lead. It's like a bloop bleep trailer because it's <laughs> like her... Well, I mean, the scene with her at the publisher who's like, um, what's his face? That Tracy, Tracy Lutz, Lutz is King. obviously like a Greta favorite. Like putting Tracy Lutz and, and Sirsha together again to like face off as like a publisher and like a young writer. That's not the point. The point is, is that... Like that, you could tell that is like a Greta mm-hmm. move. And the main point is that that is the best trailer of the week, and the worst trailer of the week is the one for last Christmas. Do you really think it's bad? Because I kind of liked it. The trailer is a complete mess, and it's obvious. Like, ugh, I complained about this on Twitter, and people were like, he's a ghost. It's like, I can tell that he's a fucking ghost. That's not the point. The point is that the trailer, no one is addressing the fact that this trailer is terribly cut. It's a bad trailer that gives you, like, no sense of what the movie is about because it's trying to withhold the twist from you, even though the twist is obvious. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Here's my thing. I think you are struggling with the fact that they give away just enough for you to figure out the twist, but not enough for the, but you don't want the twist, but also it doesn't make sense to give just as much to the twist. Like them, they could have just made it. Why didn't they just make a traditional rom-com trailer without any allusion to anything being weird? Yes. There's, there's too much drama in that trailer. When she says, why can I ever call you (laughs) or whatever? (laughs) You're like, this could have been cut. We didn't need to know that something was weird. But someone responded to, uh, I don't know who it was. It was just some per, some follower responded to follower. Um, me on, on Twitter. I just like would like to, to say the name, but I can't find sure, it out. But sure, sure. they were like, um, well, there's a chance that the reveal that he's a ghost could be like the early act two reveal. That might be the first twist. So this might actually be a, a more strategic decision where they're only literally showing you like the first act of the movie. Maybe there's more. Twi- Maybe we know he's a ghost throughout most of the movie. I but then more stuff happens. I think that's that a fair, a reasonable as simple assumption. as he's the ghost who gave her his heart. OK, so you guys. So it's like a movie called Last Christmas. It stars what's her face from um, Game of Thrones and Amelia what's Clark his face from Crazy Rich Asians. And, and Emma Thompson, who's also the like, co-writer, plays the song "Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart." Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? So Do it's like you get it. It's a guy and a girl who meet. He's very mysterious. He pops up out of nowhere. She's like a mess. She's like, I was very sick. I had to like go to surgery. I almost died. And he's like, and she works at a, a 365 day a year Christmas store as an elf. And 
Michelle Yeoh is the owner, and Michelle Yeoh is like, I hate you. <laughs> You're <laughs> the worst employee. Actually, irrelevant to the plot that we are describing, but the point is, is that it is very much obvious that I gave you my heart in the song is kind of literal. Of liter- is literal. So did so did this guy give her his heart? Is he a ghost? Did he get a new heart? Is he real? Is he fake? He's mysterious. But I just kind of think you're like what I said to you before was that it just should have been a traditional rom-com. It fooled everyone. Oh. But because people are so scared that nobody will see movies anymore, we have to give it as much, 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 much as possible. It's so such a bummer. It really is. And, you know, th- these types of movies aren't in- on trend, so they have to worry about that, I guess. I have faith in it being good because Emma Thompson is involved. Oscar-winning screenwriter. You know what I like about it? It doesn't hmm. look like shit. It looks. It doesn't look like a Netflix rom-com. It looks like a real studio rom-com. It looks yeah. like a movie. I think Amelia Clark will have to do a lot of work to make me like her, but she was better in this trailer than I expected her to be. She is good at playing like a messy girl, which is like yeah. kind of annoying because that's kind of the like archetype. But she is good at that, I think. And they let her keep her accent, you know. Oh, he loves a twist, a king of twists. Yeah. Haven't you seen that movie with Blake Lively? I actually never saw it, but I, I and I still don't know what the twist is. Are you fucking kidding me? I you don't know what the twist it. is? No. Oh my god, it's the fucking stupidest movie ever. It's the stupidest <laughs> okay. twist. Let's now let's actually move on. I still watch Serenity either. It's on Amazon Prime. One that, of these days. Don't watch that. Just watch watch a simple favor. Uh a we simple got, favor. We got one million calls about this. Oh, I counted the calls, the number of calls we get a week. Four hundred and nineteen. Amazing. Incredible. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Long time, medium time. I just wanted to make sure that you guys saw that Mike Posner's Walk Across America has come to a tragic and unexpected end. He was bitten by a baby rattlesnake, which left him unable to walk just over the Kansas-Colorado border. And he has now returned to New Jersey to recuperate with no signs of finishing. That's it. Thanks. Bye. Crunch, crunch. Can I be rude for one second and just say that Mike Posner getting bit by a rattlesnake and like almost dying and having to stop the walk that he was doing got more press than Mike Posner doing the walk. Yeah, that's not rude. Okay, just it's a fact. Just saying. No like, one, no one knew this was happening, and the main reason no one knew is because there, as we said a million times, there was no peg to it. There was no like reason for it. Right, because he know? wasn't like doing it for. He wasn't promoting any anything. Reason no. except for himself. And then Just he gets bit by a rattlesnake and people to. are like, wait a minute, Mike Posner was walking across the United States for no reason and then he got bit by a rattlesnake in Colorado? That's interesting. Because <laughs> it is. He wrote, what up, no? Crazy day yesterday. I had just crushed 16 miles and I was going for eight more when I got butt by a baby. The best thing he said, he said butt and then they wrote sick because it's bit. I got mm-hmm. butt by a baby rattlesnake. That venom is no joke. I got to the hospital and got the anti-venom in time. Crazy. It's crazy. He was in and Colorado, he, I think. So he was almost done, which sucks. And the southwestern areas, like, ant, like every place will have, like, anti-venom for rattlesnakes and other snakes, like, around. But it's still, like, getting to the hospital in time is the big hurdle, right? Like, the hospital will have the stuff you need. What but, if he was walking in the middle of nowhere and, like, there were no cars or it was, like, early right? or late or whatever? You could die. You could it's die. like people who hike the whatever, the wild the wild hike. God, what if Mike Posner died on his stunt for nothing to walk across We couldn't the have talked States. about it. We wouldn't have talked <laughs> we about it. We just would have stopped talking about mm, it. We wouldn't have talked about it. 
and we're just like, and moving on. Mike Posner walked across the United States. I'm going to begin today's States. episode by sending mm-hmm. our condolences to the Posner family. Um, uh, imagine the song we're going to get from this. Like, instead of I took a pill in Ibiza, it's like I got bit by a snake in Colorado. Well, we know that it's not going to be a hit until it is remixed. So <laughs> that's true. It's it'll be like a soft a soft a soft acoustic jam with a light rap, and then it'll get remixed. Into but the, a but I mean this it's it's incredibly serious. The I mean I don't know that it's I don't know that he's not going to finish. I could see him like flying back to Colorado he's and then finishing finish. there. But he can't walk. He can't walk for months. Like he so? has to like. It's He'll one of those things better. where he's going to be in the hospital for a while. He has to like relearn how to walk. He'll get better. He'll write blah, a bunch blah, blah, blah. of songs about his experience. And then he'll fucking finish it. And I'll get even more press than he did to begin with. And if I know one thing about Mike Posner, it's that he's got a great attitude. So, you he know, really he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. And I was serious, but I got bit by a snake in Colorado. I got I think bit we're by gonna a snake get, in Colorado. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Totally fucked up the last call. Anyway, Nicole Kidman and Kylie Minogue have not been photographed together because... Kylie Minogue is like three feet tall and Nicole Kidman is like a 12 foot tall giantess. Clearly one of them or both of them have a complex about that. Mystery solved. Crunch, crunch, ScarJo, me and Grace. You guys, the conspiracy is clearly that Kylie and Nicole are one person. I I believe both. I believe believe both. both. I know it's hard to believe both, but I believe both. They are two different <laughs> heights, and they are th- the same person. Incredible. Next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, as a art historian in the making, currently getting my master's, um, I would like to say that that Leona Lewis photo reference is referencing absolutely nothing. It's just chaotic evil. Um, good for Bella Thorne. It's Mars, bitch. I love that it was just like on the tip of our tongue, but it was like wasn't a thing, and it turned out to be not a thing. Like it wasn't yeah. even a reference. No. Um, and I like there was a we were people were talking about it like because obviously it's podcast people didn't see it, and so I think people were finally looking at the the photo recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we were involved in this thread. People were adding us this morning, and like aghast just shocked at this photo because it is really wild um and someone nicholas lambriano said it's someone trying to rip off a leibovitz vanity fair cover but without the budget or a leibovitz and i think that's like maybe the best mm-hmm. way to describe this mm-hmm. photo mm-hmm. and that's app and i believe that's absolutely that was absolutely the intention of the person yes. they were looking at vanity fair hollywood covers and they were like what if we do this but i guess that requires a little more grace and skill and lighting and better cameras, but it was right. I think it was almost like it. The yeah, it because the this is like a rom com trailer verse for Netflix versus like one for you know theaters. Yeah, it's yeah. like this this kind of element. And I'm not a professional, so I don't even know what this is. But like this is the element that makes Annie a Annie, and what makes a wedding photographer a wedding a, you know a different wedding photographer, right? That you would take a photo like this and it wouldn't look right it looks wrong and then annie would do it and it would look right so that's the issue here i think next call hi you guys it's olivia um listening to the pod had to stop when you were talking about bobby having a seizure obviously i know you're kidding but as a warning to the rest of the listeners do not put 
anything in anyone's mouth if they are having a seizure, please turn them on their left side and call 911. Do not put a wallet, do not put a rag in anybody's mouth if they are seizing. Like, that is not acceptable. Do not do that. That's not protocol. Um, talking from experience, I do not have seizures, but my brother used to. And please do not do that. Um, the doorbells weren't crunch, crunch, angry, spy. We love a public service announcement. I don't even remember what the context of the joke was, but I don't care. It's fine. I don't remember what we talked about at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> let so alone let alone the last one. But I, I don't really help you. I'm really a sucker for giving correct information. And that he goes to this. I'm I'm a sucker for people who call us and correct us and then end the call with three sign offs. <laughs> I know it's it's pretty it's funny where you're like love. you call with like a very serious matter and then you're like a crunch crunch scar joe me and grease and you're like <laughs> <laughs> Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, might? Uh-huh. 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 You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a, this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time. And it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because... It's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, I was just listening to Monday's episode and had to pause it really quick after the Gina Davis story. I work for an outlet that covers that story and it is, I, and I do the court stuff and I have to look at that case daily. It is still going on. I think they have a hearing coming up soon. Um, there hasn't been a decision made, but it's pretty crazy. The same thing happened with Ron White recently. Um, but yeah, Gina Davis's divorce case has been going on forever. So we'll be sure to update you as soon as we have an update. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for keeping us in the loop. Yeah. Incredible. It's good to know that it's still happening. So we're probably going to hear something at some point. That's cool. A hearing coming up soon, they said. That's weird. Stuff goes on for so long. I googled the the Ron White thing. That comedian, he's sort of like, I don't know. He's part of the um, Blue Collar Comedy Tour. What does it say here? Oh, Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Engvall, Larry the Cable Guy, Ron White. Uh, and so Great. he was in a similar situation. And I'll link to this in, in the show notes. But it this, this actual blog post is on the, the um, I think the San Francisco bar website. Mm-hmm. 
And it goes into kind of the intricacies and the complications when you don't get married in one state, but you reside in another state. So apparently one of the arguments that Ron White is using is that like in California, they don't recognize there's they don't do common law marriage in California as far as I can tell. But because they sort of partially resided in Texas, Texas does do common law marriage. So that's where kind of the problem is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's just interesting if you're but in the law and want to read about like, all, oh, it's, it's, it's right. different. But right. I, th- I think the reason the caller brought it up is just because like these things go on for a long time, even drag, if you don't have a marriage drag, certificate. Drag. Right, right, right. And there's this one line in here that it says, uh, this is wild to me, where... Blah, blah, blah. She may also be asserting she is a putative spouse in California because Family Code 2251 provides that if a determination is made that a marriage is void or voidable, but then the court finds that either one party or both parties believed in good faith that the marriage was valid, the court shall assign the status of a putative spouse to one or both parties. So because she genuinely believed the marriage was valid, that might affect the outcome. That's really interesting to me, too. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Well, there's just like lots of rules, different places. It's a state. It's a state's law situation. Yeah. It's and like, especially for yeah. people who have the means to have residences in a lot of states. Yes. Then things get really messy. Yes. And that means they have the means to have their spouse or, you know, just sue them. You know, they it's a lot of money worth getting to go mm-hmm. after. So it's like then it becomes more complicated because there's just more. These could go on for years. Gina Davis's years. case. They do on for years. Yeah. OK. It already has. Next call. Hey, um, it's Saturday night. I'm sure you're getting tons of calls about Miley Cyrus and Liam and Caitlyn Jenner, the other Caitlyn Jenner. I just think there's one very interesting angle, and that's that your fave gossip cop um, posted a article that said Miley and Liam are about to split, and... Miley Cyrus reposted that not even two months ago and said, wow, like the tabloids are always against us. Um, and Gossip Cop was like, this isn't true in a very Gossip Cop fashion. Uh, but Gossip Cop was wrong. Miley was wrong. Like clearly whoever reported this actually had teas. And I feel like we, we so rarely, we were like, Gossip Cop just proves everyone wrong. But in this particular case, Gossip Cop was wrong. So Gossip Cop, like, step up your game. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Carter, I don't know. Miley appear on the hills. New beginnings challenge. Happy Flame Friday. Bye. Happy Flame Friday. Wow, remember Flame Friday? God, Flame Friday. I still, I still listen to Flame, but not, you know, I'll, on Fridays. I'll bring it back. Yeah. I'll bring it back tomorrow. Happy Flame Friday. Um, Thank you so much for wishing us Happy Flame Friday. Um. We haven't celebrated in so long. I know. Today I'm going to celebrate. I will celebrate today too. Um, yeah, Gossip Cop are, are like problematic fave, basically. Like well, we, they're just so hilarious and predictable. This is a good example, though. I feel like we're always kind of saying that Gossip Cop is a shill, like a PR shill, essentially. Yeah, all they do is deny things. Deny, deny, um, deny. They really but. are like the real cops. But, uh, but the point is that this is like pure <laughs> proof because not only did Gossip Cop write article after article after article kind of quote unquote debunking this uh, Liam and Miley are in trouble things. This is uh, Miley Cyrus, Liam Hemsworth marriage in trouble after she returns to her wild ways. Liam Hemsworth sick of Miley Cyrus sharing marriage details. Liam Hemsworth fed up with Miley Cyrus's public outbursts. And Gossip Cop goes through each of these like in, like in inter- like intricate ways and says like, this is not true. This is mm-hmm. crazy. They're liars. And it's like, 
when it turns out to be true after you've done literally a full roundup post of all the times that you've debunked this rumor, like your credibility, it sucks, man. It you sucks. Suck. Yeah. It sucks. And um, I was just looking at, uh, I was looking at Gossip Cop this morning and I was like, well, they're so stupid. I mean, the main reason to read Gossip Cop is because it is, it is this very unique style of writing this aggressively defensive yeah but not yeah. from a personal place defensive over the top yet still sort of believes itself to be it's serious also, journalism so it's you, like a wild tone if you want to read like the pr response to these things gossip cop always gets them so if you're like wondering you know what they said to back to these rumors like mm -hmm. he, he always publishes them also like we said his SEO strategy is just to write the rumor itself in the headline so that he yes. gets clicks from that, even though yes. he is taking the quote unquote high moral ground of debunking them. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable bullshit. I mean, he wrote, can I just read you some of this? Like what he wrote? Yes. This is insane. Um, and just a month ago, another tabloid claimed Cyrus and Hemsworth fought at a Malibu party over her obnoxious antics. In that flimsy report, which Gossip Cop also corrected, it wasn't even mentioned where or when the alleged argument took place. This was similarly based on the unsubstantiated rumors from an unknown source. These phony narratives about the singer being wild and it causing trouble in her marriage have been so rampant that Gossip Cop recently did a roundup of a few false split rumors about Cyrus and Hemsworth. The reality is that Hemsworth knows exactly who his wife is and loves her for it get the f what who are you like it's so unnecessarily verbose that it reminds me of like a blog entry for like a recipe where it's like here's my new three bean vegan chili and you have to read three thousand a three thousand word essay about like me with the kiddos trying to meal prep for the week yeah. and then like whatever my yeah. shitty husband because time spent on a website also affects the well, like comm score or whatever. You want it to be bigger than just a recipe. They want the stories. They want to keep you on the page. And that results in like insane language. Gossip Cop, though, I was looking at the uh, website today. There are 15 stories on the first page of Gossip Cop right now before like previous stories. How many of those 15 stories do you think Gossip Cop is calling fake? All of them. Yes, all of them. Yeah, 15 that's out of 15. Thing. Isn't the point of having a meter that sometimes it goes the other way? It's wild <laughs> to me. It's, it is wild to see like, I want to see that meter go up to fact. And it never does. Sometimes it's like a one or a two, but it's never a 10. No, 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 no. One or a two. What's the point of a one or a two? These should have been fucking tens. They were true. A lot of these rumors or at least yeah, versions but, of them, you know, yeah. like no matter their source. It's never believe what you read on Gossip Cop, but I'd be stupid if I told you to stop reading it because it's extremely fun to read. Always read Gossip Cop. I mean, they sometimes it's fun to read because they point you to places where the gossip is good because he's yeah, you know collecting yeah, yeah. all of this this gossip, and then you can just go from there to find the stuff. The best Brad Brad Pitt's a beekeeper. Where'd that come from? Go to Gossip <laughs> Cop. You know, like that's it's like oh, life and style. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Gossip Cop. Next call. Oh, actually, no, we're on to we're on to questions. Oh, amazing. Hi, Who Weekly. Medium time, medium time. I'm calling because I'm hoping you can answer a question for me that's been bugging me for like a week. So we all know that Ronald Reagan, before he was president, before he even got into politics, was an actor trying to make it in Hollywood, got a few roles, and I really want to know before he was ever president, when he was just an actor, was he a who or a them? 
Thanks, Crunch. Crunch. After getting this call, we were like, we don't know the answer to this, but we're very intrigued by this question, and we would love to know the answer. So Lindsay reached out to a friend of the podcast and said, you're the only possible person who could answer this question. Would you mind answering it? And fortunately for us, and extremely lucky for you, she said yes. So let's play her calls now. Hi, Who Weekly. This is Karina Longworth. I do a podcast called You Must Remember This about the history of Hollywood, and I heard that guys have a question that you need help answering about whether Ronald Reagan was a who or a them. So I think the easy, like, quick answer to this is, of course, he's a them. He's a president them. Um, You could be talking to anybody currently alive of any generation, and they would have some idea of who Ronald Reagan was. Like, it's not like talking about B.B. Rexa. By the way, I still don't know who B.B. Rexa is. Like, I'm sure you guys have explained it, but maybe you should do it again. Um, and even amongst presidents, like he's a them president, right? Like he's not Rutherford B. Hayes. He's not Grover Cleveland. Like people have some idea of when he was president, what his whole vibe was. And also in terms of just the presidency, he and his wife, Nancy Reagan, brought a lot of Hollywood glamour to the presidency, which made them like extra themmy. Um, like, I don't know if you guys know Tina Brown's recent book, The Vanity Fair Diaries, but in that book, like, talking about how, like, when she was editor of Vanity Fair in the 80s, she is in love with the Reagans. Like, she can't get enough of them. She just thinks that they are the most glamorous people who ever lived. And this is a person who's, like, a self-proclaimed expert on Princess Diana. So there's that. But... The only way that Ronald Reagan became a political them is because he was, like, forever a Hollywood who. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you guys have, like, made this distinction in terms of people who were who's to the general public but thems within Hollywood. Um, I would say that, like, you know, most agents would fall in that category. Most heads of unions would fall in that category. That's kind of what Ronald Reagan was. Like, everybody in Hollywood knew who he was, partially because he had a couple of stints as the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Um, But he just, like, never really broke through the who window as an actor. Um, His two kind of best-remembered roles now seem kind of like jokes. Um, He played – he was in this football movie, Newt Rockney, All-American. which is remembered for this line, uh, win one for the Gipper. And then there's the other film that he's remembered for, which I think is a little bit more interesting, and it's called King's Row. And it's this sort of like all these stories in a small American town melodrama. And basically, like, he like goes in for surgery, and he wakes up, and his legs have been surprisingly amputated. And he looks down, and he says, where's the rest of me? And then when he was writing his autobiography to try to, like, you know, stop being a who and and tell people who he was, he titled it, Where's the Rest of Me? And, you know, the implied answer is that, like, he found himself in politics. Um, You know, but, I mean, yeah, so basically he was never able to become a them in Hollywood. He was not good enough of a movie star for Hollywood, but he was, like, almost too much of a movie star for Washington and for politics. Um, so that's the story of Ronald Reagan, politics, them, Hollywood, who, but ultimate them, I would say. Thanks for letting me offer my input. Uh, 
ScarJo Yummy Spot. Bye. I am screaming. An, an all-timer. An all-timer. I've literally call. never felt so, like, delighted by information. <laughs> the source of the information, the information Karina's itself. Karina's, like, so good at her job. <laughs> Is anyone better, better at their job? Karina's better at her job than we are at our job. Oh, God. Like, Thank host this so show. Much. Karina, take our show. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> I want to hear. Wait, listen to this. Here we go. Wait. I want to hear on, um, the gift. I want to hear the, him say, where's the rest of where's me? Where's the rest of me? Randy! Where's the rest of me? <laughs> He's like flailing around in his bed. He's so young. So this is great. And I think we do talk about um, sometimes like Hollywood who's versus them. But it is a very weird line because if you're like, how is somebody a Hollywood them and not like a them because they're like a celebrity. But it's like the industry of Hollywood. It is the it is the world. It's almost like, you know, their own little world business. So, Mm -hmm. of course, the like the president of, you know, WGA and all these other places would be and the Actors Guild would be a them within the industry because there's a lot going on there, but we don't necessarily know who this. You know, all those like kind of has been type teen actors are now all running for that. For did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all like running for uh, mm-hmm. office within their world. Like uh, Gabrielle, what's her face from that on two one zero? She held it for a while or is holding it. God, I don't know anything. See, it's a Hollywood. It's thing. a Hollywood thing. Yeah. It's not our job to know all that. Well. You know, because like we're not in the guild. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter to us, you know. Right. That's true. And it shouldn't matter really to you either. But it is these people who either are going to be more famous or have already been peak famous that are involved in these roles. So but but this is good. This is amazing information and that it kind of implies that what I'm taking from it is that it's not like Ronald Reagan's fame helped him win the presidency. But once he was there, it helped him become a president that people at first generally really liked, you know. Yeah. And also the fact that he was able to, like him being an, an actor was such a huge part of his identity as president and everyone yes. knew that. Yes. But it helps, it, it, I mean, like me and Lindsay included, the fact that that was such a big part of his political biography made me think that he was a bigger actor than he was. Right. And Karina was like, he wasn't. Like, right. he wasn't a, he was a who in Hollywood. Right. Um, Which and is like, my, like, I assumed yeah. he was sort of, I assumed he was more popular than he was. Me too. And my, and my thinking now, which is like, I don't want to delve into this because it's dark, 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 but Trump was more of a them before he was elected than oh, yeah. Reagan was That's before what it he seems was like. elected. That's just what I'm thinking in my mind. Yeah. Um, and Schwarzenegger, much well, he had bigger. A huge, he had a much bigger show. Yeah. yeah them yeah. before he was, you know, elected governor. as governor. Yeah. So anyways. Like Ronald Reagan didn't have a Terminator. He didn't have multiple franchises. No, he, he, he had jokes. Yeah, he where's had, the rest of me in a something something Gipper Gipper Gipper? Where's the rest of me? <laughs> Do it for Gipper. But thank you so much for Karina for calling in, um, even though we asked you to. You know, thank you for doing your duty. Basically, is what I'm saying to you. That was truly incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we truly could not have gotten that information no, anywhere else. I don't think so, and I don't. I don't think any amount of. Um, and that's what's great is like no amount of research could have gotten us to that point. We and never... Lindsay. As your co-host, I just want to thank you for just having the the thought to just reach out and ask. Hey. Because so many people will just say yes if you ask. <laughs> and you did. I just love that we have scholars, art historians, 
just people lawyers just doctors fucking smart people across our spectrum who can apply our dumb ass template to their already amazingly in-depth knowledge right yes, I and love feed it. it back to us and we love it hi guys so um i don't know if you've heard about this but there's this trend on tiktok called the famous relative check so obviously as soon as i heard this my ears perked up as ears might have um so this trend recently went viral and some girl claimed to be the granddaughter of ted bundy outing her family but i think that was false but it was extremely funny but just the other day i was watching one of these on um tiktok and it was with Julianne and Derek Huff, Iconic Foods. And then I went to the comments and everyone was saying like, who the fuck are these people? Like, these aren't, this isn't a famous relative check. They're not, they're not famous. Like, who the fuck is this? Which was extremely funny. Also, they looked really kind of annoyed in the video to be being filmed, which, I mean, understandable, but still. So yeah, um, thought you might want to know about these famous relative checks because it's an iconic goldmine for who behavior, like who wants removed even, because it's like these teenage relatives of who. So yeah, um, me and Grease, bye. This, I love this. Um, so the first time I saw this, so do you guys know what TikTok is? Have we like discussed TikTok? Yeah, we have. Because we, we pointed them yes. to... Dodi and off-brand heels. Garfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, TikTok, exactly, exactly, right. exactly. So TikTok is like a, you know, where where the memes, where where memes circulate, like kind of internally. Teenagers and older people are engaging in these kind of like memes that travel. And the newest one is this one called Famous Relative Check, and it's this it's this girl's voice who I assume is the girl who just did it first. She's like mm-hmm. Famous Relative Check, and mm-hmm. she ba- and it's basically like people who are like the third cousin of like Terry Crews, like showing their Wikipedia and then photos of them in their house kind of. And it's like, that's my cousin. That's my uncle. That's my father-in-law, whatever. Hey, yo, famous relative check. And the first one that I saw that really darked me out, which I sent to Bobby immediately was Matt Lauer's daughter did one, but she used a Google image search that was like a from an article about him getting kicked off the Today Show for, like, harassment. It was insane. <laughs> Yikes. But it'll be, like, Chuck Norris's niece, Sandra Bullock's niece, like I saw someone's Gwen great-grandson. Stefani's cousin. I saw, like, I, uh, Howie Mandel is my dad. Like, um, you know, you... They, there's a lot of good ones. The Ted Bundy one was one that got the most news because Ted Bundy's family is famously private. Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously don't want attention. Um, and this girl was like, I'm Ted Bundy's granddaughter. Although I feel like it was debunked. I, I can't find the Matt Lauer one. Oh, because I think it got taken down maybe. Sorry, this page isn't available. Ooh, she deleted it. I'll send it to you. I have it. I posted on her Instagram a while back. It really freaked me out because she's she takes a video of her of Matt on the couch, like looking at his phone. You can tell he like, doesn't know what's going on. I mean, oh. parents are just happy their kids talk to them at all, let alone involve them in things. You know, <laughs> oh, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Next call. Yeah. Hi, Hu Weekly. This is Daniel. Long time, long time. Uh, 
As an automotive journalist and an avid hooligan, I get very excited whenever there's an intersection of celebrity culture and car stuff. And there's a really good one. So there's this article in The Sun that says, takes the biscuit. Paul Hollywood splurges 225,000 pounds on a new Aston Martin, but is hiding it from his ex at his local pub after he promised her a motor. Basically like saying that Paul Hollywood from Great British, British Breaking Show uh, bought this Aston Martin and is keeping it at a pub instead of at his house. So his girl, his ex-girlfriend, who's 24, doesn't find out about it and try to take it from him. Except it's not actually his car. It's a press car, which means it's something that Aston Martin, like, loans out to, uh, like, automotive media brands or to celebrities or things like that to get exposure for the brand. And the reason that people are finding this out is because Aston Martin retweeted the Sun's tweet of this article and said, great shot of our press car, and then the thumbs up emoji, thank you, at the Sun. And then the... Uh, the president of Aston Martin, the brand, who is, like, pretty great on Twitter, actually, tweeted at The Sun and said, for the avoidance of doubt, this is an Aston Martin press car. Nevertheless, a beautifully taken shot. Thank you. And then Paul Hollywood, like, tweeted Aston Martin's tweet with the crying, laughing face. And I just think this is uh, pretty funny because the whole The Sun article is based on this being Paul Hollywood's car, and it's definitely not. He did not buy it at all. This is hilarious this is incredible actually i think they've since deleted the tweet but that's so good you he, he kind of got it all i mean what is there anything else that there is to say here? not about the car i remember when he left his wife for this woman i remember when that happened but i forgot if we made the podcast I fell into a hole not because like the caller you did everything caller you are truly doing amazing sweetie you gave us all of the news down to the president of Aston Martin getting involved and Paul Harley Paul Hollywood's cheeky response we got it all but we've talked about Paul Hollywood um probably in the past year because of his split from his wife uh and how there were like cheating rumors and how he's just like kind of notoriously like kind of a sleazy dude because he had cheated on her in the past with the co-host of the American Bake Off, which got canceled really quickly. And then the wife, ex-wife, took him back and was like, I, I, I'm i going to take you back. And then they divorced and he started dating this young um, bartender. I guess in the UK, they call her a barmaid in every story. Right, and we were obsessed like with 22. that. We were obsessed that with was her. really funny. <laughs> yeah. So that's the last time we talked about Paul Hollywood. The only update, so the reason that The Sun wrote the story about how he's hiding it, because I was like, why would... He be high. I, I don't understand. It's because they're currently in the middle of a very contentious breakup. That is so funny, Lindsay. So like they were together long enough to accumulate a little bit of shared property, but most of that property came in the form of animals like chickens, horses, and dogs. So they kind of fought over who would get the chickens. And Paul Hollywood was like, you can take the horses and you can take the dogs. I want the chickens. And so he was <laughs> And the and the sun keeps referring to them as thirty five pound chickens, like as in the dollar, as in like the unit of currency, because they're like cheap chickens. So it's like, why does he fucking care? And so that was a whole issue where she's like, I'm gonna get my chickens back. And the chickens' names are. Did I put them in here? The chickens' names are Karen, Frederica, and Ciro. And so just this week, 
she got custody of the chickens. And she posted on Instagram a photo of the chickens with their scary fucking eyes. And it says, for those of you that keep asking how my chickens are, Karen, Frederica, and Sierra are all safe and well. I love it. I love it. Next call. Thank you, caller. Perfect call. Hey, who weekly? Long time, long time. Um, no question or anything, just a comment. Um, I just found out that definite who singer Bishop Briggs's real name is Sarah McLaughlin. Um, me and Grace. This is great. There's a singer named Bishop Briggs. I would say her biggest hit would be that song. It's like, like a river. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was and- like, Lindsay, I don't know that song because you put it in the dock and then I listened to it and I was like, oh God, I know that song. <laughs> it's very like, there's a TV show drama coming out on TNT. It's about a woman who joins the police force and let's say she's over her head and it's like, like a river. You know, and it's like thump, thump, whatever. So She just moved to like Cleveland from New York City and she's going to like take that. She's going to whip that force into shape. <laughs> So her real name is Sarah McLaughlin, which is so funny. I'm from Brooklyn over (laughs) and over again. Okay, enough with the TV show. (laughs) I'm from Brooklyn. So this uh, singer, her name is Sarah McLaughlin. And apparently we're late to this because it's been talked about, obviously. Like, it's the number one thing that we care about. Um, She's, when they, someone wrote about her in 2008, which is, I guess, last year, not that long ago. But it says, uh, when 25-year-old singer-songwriter Sarah McLaughlin realized that performing under her own name had become unwise, worried that people might confuse her with famed Canadian singer-songwriter Sarah McLaughlin, whom she adores, McLaughlin eventually changed her stage name to Bishop Briggs in honor of the Scottish town Bishop Briggs, where her parents were raised. (laughs) It's one word, Bishop Briggs. But like respect, like have respect for your predecessor, Sarah McLaughlin. And yes, there. and she was and I was wondering, like, how old is this? Like, she was definitely I thought she was like 20 or something. But 25. no, she was born in 1992. So this is like her parents didn't know. Her parents didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Her parents um, didn't know. It's really funny. Her Wikipedia is like very buggy right now. Yeah. And so if you go to uh, wikipedia.org slash wiki slash Bishop underscore Briggs, it says... This article is about the Pakistani science researcher. Um, Like, for the town in Pakistan, click this. For something, something, click this. And then it's like, wait a second. So it's talking about someone, I assume, a Pakistani researcher named Bishop Riggs, who was born on the 9th of November, 2001, uh, blah, 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 who's also some sort of science fiction writer. Mm -hmm. But then it suddenly just transitions into the Sarah McLaughlin Bishop Riggs that we know and love. Mm -hmm. And then it just devolves into a thing about Bishop Briggs's singing career. And you're like, wait, you literally just told me this was about a Pakistani science researcher. Even then Wikipedia it turned into a story. Can't keep track of this shit. Then it turned into a story about a science fiction writer. And now we're talking about a singer who sang a song called River that sounds like Hosier mixed with Imagine Dragons, whose real name is Sarah McLaughlin. This is wild. <laughs> it would have been actually really brave just to be Sarah McLaughlin again, you know? I mean, it's brave just to be Sarah McLaughlin as the original one. <laughs> We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, TN Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports. And in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me. They're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. 
But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Quick game of Who Are Them? We need to play You Were Them. Yeah, we need to play a, play, a quick game. Hey, Who Weekly. The Brooklyn neighborhood of Bushwick. Who or them? Punch, punch. Interesting. I think this is an interesting question because obviously in New York, it's a them. But outside, is it one of sure. the, like, bed I would call them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are other, Bushwick what are other, them? like, no. Greenpoint, I don't think is a them. Harlem, Harlem is them. them. Tribeca, the them. Bronx. But I think Brooklyn neighborhood's them. different. Like, I don't think there are that many Brooklyn neighborhoods that are thems. And I think one of them is Williamsburg. One of them is Bed-Stuy. Um, I don't even know if Bed-Stuy is one. Williamsburg is one by now. I would say that's the only one. <laughs> that's it? I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I just feel like Bed-Stuy is them. one, like, because of Biggie and stuff. Because, like, it was such, like, a big part of his identity. But... That's true. It could Apart be, yeah. from that, I don't think Bushwick is a them outside of New York. I no. don't think so either. I think okay. it's a who. It's a Hooberhood. It's a Hooberhood. Oh, that's good. Neighborhood. Hooberhood. Neighborhood. If took, like if like if you took if you somebody was visiting and you were like, Oh yeah, we're gonna go to Bushwick, they wouldn't be like, Oh, I've heard I yeah. know oh, I wouldn't I don't think people would even know that it was in Brooklyn. I wouldn't assume. You know? Yeah, you know. Like exactly. when I moved to New York, I didn't know what Bushwick was. No, when you moved yeah, there. Yeah, I moved there. I lived there for many, many years. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Um, my neighborhood is fucking wild <laughs> lately. <laughs> I got off the train in my old neighborhood and I was like, oh, like that iconic old, like early internet gif of the guy going, that was me getting off the train. It was unreal. I mean, I want to hear more about this, but not on air. Next, who are them? Lauren Graham. Who are them? One, two, three, who? who? Yeah. But it's like... Gilmore Girls them, but... Uh. But did Gilmore Girls not elevate her, like, high enough? No. To be a them, really? No. Did, is anyone from that show a them? No. Wow. Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, right, because of This Is Us. But he is only for, like, right now. Like, he's, like, peaking. Right now. The moment that show, the moment that show drops in the ratings... He's a who again. Right. Art of Racing in the Rain. Flop. Did it? Did it actually flop? Or are you just saying that? It is a flop. It has made $11 million worldwide. Ooh, that's bad. It did not do well. It opened at... It opened at number six. Not great. So not all dog movies do well. Noted. <laughs> not all dog movies go to heaven. <laughs> uh, okay. Nice I have to... You have to assume that the budget was pretty substantial for this movie because the dog talks the talking dog alone and you know and the funniest thing about this movie to me is that in my heart of hearts i'm convinced that kevin costner got the most money <laughs> really you think so just for being the dog's voice i mean look at the rest of them what Rude. amanda seaweed seaweed is huge milo ventimiglia yeah Me- but she probably dies right in the middle no but seaweed is a big get for them as big of a get as kevin costner because then they can say and kevin costner is the voice of enzo I know that's that's like that's to me big. that's the main selling point. Is that's me like Kevin. I was on the fence, but Kevin Costner's the voice of Enzo. I'm seeing the art of racing in the rain. 
And then I get there and it's like, Enzo's a dog. And I leave. <laughs> uh, okay. Next nice call. call. It'll never not be funny to me. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So my parents went to a wedding in Minnesota this weekend. And um, the Vikings head coach was there. And I was so surprised they had sent me a picture. And then my mom said that Tara Reed was there because she's dating a member of the bridal party's cousins. And I know who it was, but my husband was like, who's Tara Reed? So um, Tara Reed, who or them? In my eyes, she's a them from American Pie and growing up in the early aughts, but perhaps not. Bye. Tara Reed just casually being at a wedding. That's I, good. Because she's my, that's the cousins like of perfect. the bridesmaid, dating the cousin of the bridesmaid. <laughs> Perfect level of celebrity for a wedding. Oh, you know, yeah. I was at a wedding recently. Oh, God. Who was there? Really? Name a soccer player. Name a woman soccer player. Megan Rapinoe? No. Uh, previous generation. Like. Brandy with the bra. Brandy with the bra. Don't. That's a God, thing. No, no, no. And she just changed her name. I don't know. I don't know. Mia Hamm. Oh, duh. Also with the bra. Who am I thinking of Brandy with the bra? Because right. Mia Hamm got Every married and our name's different. Every time a woman shows her bra, Mia like, Hamm was at the wedding I was at. Mia Hamm? Did everyone know who that was? Or did were you really like, And we were all whisper? like, oh my God, where's Mia Hamm? And it was, I never saw her. But then I Wait, saw like her name on the thing. you never saw her? No. Well, I, I don't really know what Mia Hamm looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and so people kept saying like, Mia Hamm's either. here. I just saw her walk in the door. And I was like. She's ah. the one who has the iconic photo in the sports bra where she's like, I did it. I think so. Where she took off her. And everyone was like, What? I just know it's, like, the one soccer player name that I know. Like, I couldn't name an American male soccer player's name, but I can name some David American Beckham. women. He doesn't count, no, American, I guess. But he American plays men. in America. He's, no. But he's not American. Okay, fine. Point is, me and Ham was at this wedding, and I was like, that's... And it, people kind of went kind of crazy, but it was people who were our age. And I feel like at that wedding, people who are our age would have gone even crazier oh, if Tara crazy Reed had been crazy if Tara Reed was at the wedding. But so, who were them? One, two, three. Who? who? <laughs> yeah. But I would say the reason for the hooiness is because her general hooiness, Sharknado's one through five or whatever, including like all the other antics she's been through, outweigh her name recognition and making her just like a huge ass who. Yes. We watched Josie and the Pussycats recently and she's very funny in it, but she's, it's her, her talents are limited. She's it's, very it's, funny. She's very funny. And when she um, was doing Josie her thing, her thing. She knew what it was. She did her thing. Yeah. That's what I'll say about sort her. Sort of a humiliating thing, but she was good at it. But I mean, she did it in so many roles and she was good at it. So whatever, you know. Um, and now she's doing it in Sharknado. She's doing it. Next call. Is Tom Hardy a who or a them? Crunch, crunch. Excellent question. One, two, three. Them. them? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he's. I think he's a them. I think it's, I think he's in an interesting space because he's still, he's like, um, he's an action movie star, but he's still sort of an outsider, you know, and he's still sort of like an actor's action movie star. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's still big enough to, for the recognition that is that. And Venom, everyone made fun of Venom when that trailer came out and Venom was a huge hit. Huge hit. Huge hit. They're making another one, right? 
Yeah, and I think Andy Serkis is directing it, which is hysterical. I love that for um, him, finally. But Tom Hardy sort of got his start uh, in a series of iconic MySpace photos from the mid I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy. I love his dog. He has so many fun things about him. Dog. His sweetie dog. I think it's like a is, normal guy, cool guy. But I think the movie, because the movie that kind of put him on the map as an actor was Bronson. Was what? Uh, Bronson, the one where he played that like famous British prisoner that what I didn't map? hear about until Bronson came out. What map it was Nicholas, it was my Nicholas map. Wending, Nicholas Wending Refn. It was his first movie before oh, he made Drive. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not his first movie. It was one of his first okay. movies. Whatever. And um, so anyway, he was sort of like an indie darling, but sure. like a hunky, like hyper masculine indie right, which darling. Which is why he got he worked his way up very steadily. Mad Max is great. Venom. Venom people and then they, liked. They tried to make him into a a, a cutie cutie pie uh, rom com lead in that horrible Reese Witherspoon movie, and that didn't work. Which one? Um, but he's uh, this means war. I think the other oh guy my was Chris Pine. Remember that? That movie flopped. When Reese Witherspoon was kind of in her dark period. Yeah. Remember her dark period. Her pre the Pretty Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Pre like. But then she, but then he did all these other like yeah. he he, he's very thoughtful with the movies that he chooses. Uh-huh. But then he does like really high profile stuff like okay. The Revenant and Mad Max. He's about to Dunker. Venmo you like three hundred dollars for this little uh, ranty rant. Let's move on. I don't know. I think he's I think he's been around long enough at this point that he's at them. He has a very unique look. Uh-huh. For like a white, hunky white dude, he uh-huh. has a very unique look because he's sort of like his face looks broken, you right, know. Sure, sure. Yes, it's 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 nice. It's appealing that he okay. doesn't look like everyone else. Okay, whatever. I just really love Tom Hardy. Is that okay? <laughs> I, I know, but I just like really am letting you go, and you're like going. <laughs> I just love Tom Hardy. Isn't he bi too? I love that he's bi. <laughs> or is he sort? Is he queer? Stop! Please, let's move on. <laughs> is Tom Hardy queer? Please stop. There is nothing wrong with asking Tom Hardy about his sexuality, says Time Magazine by Brian Moylan. Is he? It's unclear, Lindsay. Okay, let's move (laughs) on. Don't. (laughs) Please, let's move on. (laughs) It's unclear. Kathy Bates. Now in 2019. Not anytime before. She didn't say who were them, but we know that's the point of this call. Uh, Kathy Bates, now in 2019, not during her Unsleakable Molly Brown, period. One, two, three. Them. Them. I think she Kathy has. Bates. She's yeah. got it. You want to hear? Me f- looking at Kathy Bates. That girl's got it. Do you want to hear a funny, quick story about Kathy Bates? That always. Listen. Well, why would Why would you listen. ask that question? So, where my parents live in Falmouth, the most famous Falmouth resident of like history. <laughs> is this woman named Catherine Lee Bates. And it's not Kathy Bates. It's literally like Sarah McLaughlin, Sarah McLaughlin. This woman died in... First of all, this woman died. I'm googling in her. Ni- don't I'm gonna reveal. This woman died okay. in 1929, right? And so years later, Kathy Bates was born and just stole her thunder. But this woman wrote America. <laughs> she wrote America the Beautiful. So like, she's like an the icon song? legend. Yes. Well, maybe she wrote the poem and then someone added like music to it. She literally went to Wellesley High School and like Newton High School. She was a lesbian? (laughs) I don't. Was she? Some late 20th century scholars have asserted that Bates was a lesbian who lived 25 years with long time friends. She's a queer icon from Falmouth who lived in Falmouth, Massachusetts and wrote America the Beautiful. Kathy Bates is, I believe, straight, but she's still a queer icon. Oh my (laughs) God. Yeah, I think she she wrote the poem. I'm looking at Catherine Lee Bates's, you know, her little Wikipedia square, mm-hmm. and it says, born August 12th, 1859, Falmouth, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Died mm-hmm. March 28th, 
1929. 69, nice. Dies in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Occupation. This has a punchline, I promise you. Occupation. Author, poet, educator. Nationality. American. Genre. Poetry. Notable works. Lindsay, there are two. Number one, America the Beautiful. Number two, Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's prolific. But the best part is that... She wrote Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh every Ride. Every time my parent, my mom, we like pass like Kathy Lee Bates like road, because there's like a lot of things named after her in Falmouth. She'll be like, not that Kathy Bates. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so sad for like this woman who is a queer legend, who wrote an amazing poem like for America. And who died years before she knew that Kathy Bates was going to come along and just steal her full thunder. Her full thunder. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I love this. I know. I thought you would like it. Oh, I didn't know she was you. a lesbian, but that makes it even yeah. better. <laughs> Next up. Hey, long time, medium time. I'm going to take things back in time and ask, who are them? Marley Matlin. Um, I think she was definitely a them for a while. Is she still a them? And like the reason she's on my mind, I started taking ASL classes and the teacher that I have is deaf and she's amazing, but she started asking us if we knew Marley Matlin and she was just like signing out MM, like the initials MM were enough to like, uh, like signify Marley Matlin because she's such a them to like the deaf community and like with good reason. But is she still a them to, like, everybody else? I'm on the fence, and I hope you guys have an answer. Okay, thanks. Good form, Bella form. Bye. I think this is tough. This is sort of this like... Kath- too hard. Like how Kathy Bates definitely had a moment, and then this is less of her moment now, just because, like, actors grow up. But I think up. maybe Marley Matlin is still a them, if only because she is the still the most famous deaf actor. Like Yes, she is the only deaf person who has ever won an oscar right and well a uh, uh, deaf actor deaf actor right that's right a deaf actor like in, in an acting category is yeah, what she you're won. saying For there children are of plenty of other deaf actors and actresses now like yes. out there doing their thing it's just that to this day marley is still kind of the most like iconic deaf actor uh traditionally rewarded by the industry but and that to me makes it feel like even though I feel like she maybe has like in hooey territory for like a new generation, she's kind of still a them. She's still a them, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's just do the official countdown. One, two, three. Them, them. I think. I think and she's the M-, them. M thing is interesting because I feel like maybe that's her name sign, you know? So it'd be like oh, calling, it'd be calling like Oprah Winfrey, Oprah, like in ASL, uh, you get you kind of get your name sign, and the name sign can be like a letter in a shape that relates to you. Like, let's say you have curly hair, like it would be like you know L in like the shape of like a curl or something mm-hmm. like next to your head with your curly hair. So you, I also took ASL for two years in college, but the but that kind of reminds me maybe the MM is like that's her sign, and mm-hmm. you of course you guys wouldn't know that, you know, yeah. like you don't, yeah. But she, um, she's still acting. I think another reason that I'm gonna keep her in them, ca- them, uh, them world is because she's never stopped acting. No, uh, she hasn't. She's and, still around. And switched at birth, which is she was kind of the anchor of that show. It was a oh, big yeah. show. It was a big show. Yeah, Marley Matlin. Them. Yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. I assume that you're asking who them. I assume when someone just calls and gives me a name that they're saying yeah. who are them. So yeah. They, the who are them is implied. Yeah. One, two, three. Them. Them. Not only is Hootie and the Blowfish a them, Hootie's a them, and Darius Rutger alone. Rutger, Rutger alone is a them. Darius Rutger, I would also call them. 
I'm telling you. Name like, another hootie. Name one of the blowfish. Well, Have we done this joke? We've done the, this joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is like he he alone, like in his own solo career now as like a huge country star, is also mm-hmm. them me. Darius Rucker, I would think, is absolutely a them. Hooting the blowfish, absolutely them. Can you name another blowfish? We've done this. No. Well, I just looked at the thing, but I I looked at the name list. Name the blowfish. No, I Can I name one? It. Let's see. Jeff, Daniel, Gregory, Peter. Nope. Keep going. Um. 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 Two of them are obvious. Ryan. One of them is less obvious. R- obvious. Are there names as like, in like the most like boring and monosyllabic man names? Ted. Traditionally male Ted, names. Tim. Tom. No. <laughs> John. Jimmy, James, Jed, Jim, 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 Jim. You got it. You Jim. Got it. Keep going up the alphabet. What? You're close. Larry. Middle of the alphabet. Larry. No, middle of the alphabet. Larry. Closer. Not L, but M. M- Mike. Mike, Matt. Mike, Matt. Matt, Mike. Mart. Melton. Mark. Mar- there it Martin. is. Okay. <laughs> there's a Mark. There's a Jim. There's a Dean. <laughs> and there's a Darius. And, then and there's, there's Darius. no Hootie. <laughs> It's good. Whatever. We love. I love Hootie the Blowfish so much. Mm, we're done for the day. So um, <laughs> and with that, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of Who's There? Oh, my God. I forgot to explain what this show is. So on Who's There? We take calls <laughs> at 619-NEW-THEM. We take questions, comments, concerns, and we try to answer as many as we can in our short time frame. You can call us at 619-WHO-THEM, and you might be on a, on a future episode of the show. We love your calls. We get over 400 a week. Oh, my God. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for bi-weekly extra episodes, even some surprising extra episodes that don't follow a schedule. Um, and a weekly newsletter. It helps us uh, keep the show going. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This, speaking of things that help us keep the show going, we love when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's great. Uh, and with that, we're done. Have a great weekend. Oh my God, it's almost September. We're so close to fall. Ugh. <laughs> I can't wait. Bye. Bye. Bobby, why was your impression of Taylor Swift's speaking voice the same as your impression of Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos? Hi. Um, why is Bobby's uh, Taylor Swift voice the same as his Elizabeth Holmes, are they the same? What do we need to know here? Thanks. Bye. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. First time, long time. I was just calling to say that Bobby's imitation of Taylor Swift is also Elizabeth Holmes. Just pointing that out. Thanks. Love the show. Crunch, crunch. Jonathan Van Ness's cat jumped out a window. <laughs>